Hello, everyone. Welcome to the 103rd episode of the Socially Distanced Podcast, the flagship podcast of thepopbreak.com. My name is Bill Bodkin. I am the editor-in-chief of the site, and uh, some would say maybe I am the conshu for all of you in the audio Egypt that is this podcasting world. Yeah, it's going to be that type of podcast, guys. Uh, we, of course, are in our Moon Knighting miniseries reviewing Disney Plus's Moon Knight. Um, I am joined, as I am every week, because he's stuck in a mirror somewhere. And every time I look at it, he's just giving me crap. But the reluctant managing editor of the thepopbreak.com. Al Manorino. Oh, Bill, I'm I'm trapped in here. I'm trapped in this mirror. And uh, yeah, no, I'm. Uh, oh, that's my, please. My, my, that's my Stephen Grant. Please, um, please yeah. send photo requests for me. Do it now. Please, I know please. the shoot's tomorrow. Get me six tickets. <laughs> like oh my god! Oh my god! The show's actually tonight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. show's tonight. Can't record the hundredth episode. Yeah, uh, that actually happened. Yes. Um, um, so you yeah, can, so you can see those photos. No, I'll save it for later. Oh, um, hi. Happy to be here um, for for a, an all star lineup. Uh, we we an all star lineup tonight. We have a a supersized, uh, very big annual here. Uh, joining us is the unofficial third and fourth hosts of this podcast. Actually, they're better hosts than we are. Uh, all the way from the sandy West Coast, of course. You may know him as our resident guest uh, on our WandaVision series, uh, Wanda Distance, as well as just our favorite man who works in the world of animation. We just love to hug this guy. Cole Rothacker, welcome back, my friend. Hey, Bill. Hey, yeah. What's up? And um, we would be remiss to have a review series without the resplendent music editor of thepopbreak.com, Miss Kat Manos. Hello, Kat. Hi. Um, so I have a question about your guys's like Stephen Grant accents. I cannot believe you guys were able to get the same accent coach as Oscar Isaac. That's very... so amazing. What was he it like wasn't... working with the person who worked with Oscar Isaac for this show? Well, he wasn't expensive. It was Ryan um, DeMarco. He was very he was I got him on Fiverr. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. We Al and I split it, so we got like it's true. Two fifty each. He's old too. He worked on Mary Poppins. Oh uh, yeah, it's Dick Van Dyke. Everybody, he's our he's our coach. <laughs> Dick Van Dyke's on he's on Cameo and he's on Fiverr, and they'll help you with a nice Cockney accent. Speaking of Cockney accents, let's introduce the resident guest of this series. Um, he is not as of yet imprisoned in stone. Tyler McCarthy, welcome back, sir. Hello, I took the class twice. <laughs> pretty good. You dropped a tenner. <laughs> oh God, uh, that is. I mean, I couldn't not do the accent there. I had you to. Have, I had to try. Have to. I'm, um, I'm getting people who are coming on in future episodes saying I'm practicing my accent. I'm like, don't practice. Yeah, it'll yeah. probably be better. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Pra- practice like. Like gargle a soda or something, and then just do whatever you think is right, and you've probably got it relative to everyone else. Just, in the just watch like a YouTube clip of Russell Brand in uh, and forgetting Sarah forgetting, Marshall, forgetting Sarah Marshall, and then just do that. That's, yeah. just do that. You sound like you're from London. <laughs> Russell Brand should be everyone's touchstone to a British accent. Yes, I know. I think the sentence should have been Russell Brand should be everyone's touchstone. <laughs> <laughs> Stop. 
full stop right there period uh so yes we are talking about moon knight uh episode three let's kick it off with our first segment uh entitled this is how we stay awake of course this is where we read the always awkwardly worded and logic gapped uh plot summary from wikipedia so here we go of course this is episode three the friendly type uh directed by muhammad diab who is the supervising director for the entire series. This episode was written by Bo DeMeo. What a name. Uh, Peter Cameron and Sabir Perzada. So I apologize to Sabir Perzada if I pronounced their name wrong. Um, as Harrow and his followers discover Amit's tomb, Spectre and Grant both experience unusual blackouts while tracking a lead to Harrow's location in Cairo. After failing to gain information from Harrow's followers, Khonshu calls a council between his fellow Egyptian gods and their avatars to warn them of Harrow's plans, but Harrow successfully denies the accusation. Hathor's avatar, uh, Yatsil, tells Spectre to find the sarcophagus of a Magi who knew of the location of Amit's tomb. Following this, Spectre encounters Layla, who takes him to meet with Anton Mogart, an acquaintance of Layla's who owns the sarcophagus. However, Harrow arrives and destroys it, forcing Spectre, Grant, and Layla to fight off Mogart's men and escape into the desert. Grant assembles some of the sarcophagus fragments into a star map, but is 2,000 years out of date. Khonshu uses his powers to briefly turn back the night sky to resemble the map, allowing Grant and Layla to find the location of Amit's tomb, but Khonshu is imprisoned by the other gods, leaving Grant and Spectre's body unconscious and powerless. So before we get into how we thought of what we thought of the episode, Kat and Cole, you are our guests for this week. Uh, so it, give us your history with Moon Knight. Were you like me? And I, Al's least favorite reference that I always make is I just had the Marvel card of it. Uh, was that your uh, your touchstone for that? Or and what do you what is your uh, overall thoughts of this series so far? So Cole, let's start with you. Uh, yeah, no, I don't. I never had a card of him and i never read the comic books of him i remember seeing ads about him in wizard magazine sometimes that was about as much as i knew about the character um i was always kind of aware of him but not um never read them i remember people would describe him as like like batman which i don't now that i kind of know a bit more it doesn't seem accurate to me um but maybe Maybe he is a bit more in the comics. I'm not sure. And uh, overall, I've liked the show quite a bit. Um, it's definitely very disorienting at first, but I think things are kind of coming into view as each episode comes along, um, which you would expect. And yeah, I, th I think it's really intriguing. I think it's got an interesting tone that... Um, you don't see a whole lot in, in Marvel movies. Um, it still has, it feels like a Marvel thing, but it has, I, I don't know, it, it feels a little bit different in a way I can't quite articulate. But yeah, I like it. Kat, and your, you know, any experience with Moon Knight prior to the series and your thoughts overall so far? Um, had no idea who or what a Moon Knight was. Um, and I will totally be the first to admit that when this trailer dropped and we put it on, 
I said, this objectively looks awful. And this accent and voiceover seems like a joke. And I'm like, there's no way this is real. Put on the real trailer. And when it was, I said, I'm absolutely not watching that. But then I watched it and it's much, much better than I thought. Um, I'm very much enjoying it. And I'm at the stage of like, I generally know what's happening, but I'm not really sure why some things are happening or how they're happening. Um, we're now like halfway through the series, which is crazy. So I'm really, I'm really hoping these next three episodes, like do some stuff in a big way. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping for, but I'm generally enjoying the experience. Um, particularly a bunch of stuff that happened in this episode made the experience even better to watch. Excellent. So let's get into our first segment, which is titled so ever eloquently. Holy shit. It's moon night. Uh, uh, and it's, uh, I have to yell it cause it's the dumbest thing I've ever come up with. Um, but it's, this is our favorite part or what we really loved about the episode. So Tyler, I'm going to start with you. Uh, holy shit. It's moon night. What did you love about this episode? Um, what, what what immediately jumps to mind is the moment in the very beginning when Mark is fighting the three guys on the rooftop, specifically the one guy who's been like very high concept, flipping the knife. He goes to lick it at one point and Mark Spector's just not having any of it and just tags him like four times in the face because you know what? What are we dancing? Or are we fighting? Um, that really made me laugh. That was a good fake out. But more on like a macro level with this episode This was the first one um, where we didn't really get, we were mostly in Mark's Mark's perspective, which was great. We weren't really playing around with Steven being all befuddled by what's going on. We also, there's still a lot of questions to be asked about Moon Knight and what's going on and how we got to where we are. But this episode really had a clear sort of story structure. We knew what we were doing. We're stopping Harrow from finding the tomb. Everything was in service of that goal. We didn't spend a lot of time looking back or like teasing mysteries of a larger thing. We had two episodes of just straight up world building and now we're playing within that world. And I thought it was really cool. So this was uh, this was definitely one of the better ones in my opinion so far. Also, Cairo looks awesome. It really does. Um, Kat, what, what, uh, holy shit, it's Moon Knight. What is, uh, what worked for you? Um, what really, really worked for me a lot, this was like the first episode. Um, well, that's not fair. I think it's the first episode where I've really been given the time just to realize like, you know what? Oscar Isaac's a great fucking actor because I really feel like I'm watching a different character. I'm like, oh, now we're, you know, hanging out with this character who we haven't seen at all. And you forget like, this is the same person. Mm-hmm. Um, but Stephen, is that the American one? No, that's Mark. Okay, Mark. Mark is just very different from Stephen, and they have such like distinct personalities and carry themselves differently and have like different traits. And just kind of seeing that is really, really interesting. And there's a part um, when they're in the tomb situation with all of the avatars and gods where. Oscar Isaac, or I guess it's Stephen through Conchu is doing a voice thing with him and he like embodies him, but also goes back to like, there's just like great like acting and like character work. You're like, damn, that guy's good. That's why they put him in all the, all the big stuff. 
Um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much what was, um, the highlight for me this last episode. Oh, how about you? I liked the bit where they put the sky back 2000 years. I just thought that was cool and it looked cool. And it was a, it was like a big spectacle special effects thing, but it had like a point and it had a big consequence to it. And I just thought it was great. Which I, I'm glad you brought up special effects because that has been, um, and that has been our big bugaboo on this podcast, like how the special effects and a lot of this just looks bad. And that yeah. scene I thought was almost like, why wasn't everything else like this? Because <laughs> yeah. that was a great visual watching that. I figured that was like, I, I kind of, for some reason I'm like, I bet you he can move the stars, you know, he's a moon knight. Um, and like, you know, and then like just the way they were able to, you know, mimic the, the movements and you just all the color and stuff like that oh, was great. So I, I'm very happy. That was, I was extremely happy with that. Cause Al, you'll go last um, is I also, so that was one of them in my, I, I, I did love the loud, I can't control the volume of my voice. Conchu uh, marionette <laughs> we had, but <laughs> my favorite part was the Mogart fight scene because we finally got to see Moon Knight really fight, you know, a whole bunch of uh, dummies, uh, foot soldiers, putties, whatever you want to call them, you know, whatever action show you want to reference. Um, because we don't really, we didn't really know much better. We know he could take the, 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 like the, the, you know, throw stuff from his chest, but we didn't know like, Oh yeah, he um, can't die or he heals really quickly mm -hmm. um, because he gets stabbed a million times and shot and he could use the, 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 the cape, you know, to be able for protection. And it, it just showed him in the world. I'm like, Oh, okay. This is what we're going to see. And the effects also, I think look really good here as well. So I think they really upped the ante. And we also got this really great world build of Egypt and Cairo, where we're seeing more of what moon Knight is. It's like, we've seen London before a million times. We don't see this world very often. And when we do, it's often in, like the mummy, you know, it's like 1890, you know, 1920, you know, it's never modern day and done yeah. in such like a, you know, like there was an urban element to it, but there was an, an air of antiquity to it as well, which I thought was really cool. And so the world building, I think here, I think um, uh, uh, Tyler, you had mentioned it's is fantastic. So, and the cat, I think you talked about that too. So Alphonse, what do you, what do you got for me? So I really don't know how to describe it, but it's like, I think this is the first episode where I've really enjoyed like the tone and the aesthetic. Like it actually like established like what yeah. the show is. And again, with, with these, you know, I was about to say Netflix because I'm rewatching Daredevil, but these Disney Netflix. Plus shows, um, you know, they, this is like the first like kind of like, oh, like OG property, right? We're getting out of all of these. I think at this point, like we're familiar with Loki and Wanda oh. and Captain, yeah. uh, yeah. you know, Falcon, Winter Soldier, but like this is like a time for them to establish something new. And in this episode, we're like, oh, what if, what if like our like our North Star is like Indiana Jones meets the Mummy, like, mm -hmm. and that's great, like cool, like make that happen, and like I want to see more of that, but I don't think we're going to. I just I think I really enjoyed that. Like I like. My wife was like half watching it. I'm like, I think you would like this because you like the mommy. And I think that's like the first time I would ever have said that about this series to my wife who would, you know, very choosy when it comes to this stuff. 
The Mummy, an all-time classic. She loves The Mummy. Great movie. I, I love The Mummy. But Brandon Fraser, I mean, is there anyone else? I, I thought of The Mummy when they mentioned the Magi, which I don't know what that is. I thought that was something they made up for The Mummy. As did I. Those, those guys that like were guarding The Mummy for centuries or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I, I knew Magi was a word, but I just allowed The Mummy to replace it in my head as yeah. its own canon. Yes. Uh, so let's move on to, let's go to the opposite end of the scarab. Let's go to the idiot is back. And that is what didn't work for you in this episode. I'm going to kick it off because this was, this really just, as soon as it happened, I'm like, what are you fucking doing? Is there this, now they're putting in that, well, maybe Mark kills Layla's dad. Let's throw another question in here. It's just like, you have barely established anything in this show. Why are you throwing me the biggest curveball right now? It's just like I'm in Little League and you just put Garrett Cole or Clayton. No, let's put a good picture on the mound. Clayton Kershaw on the mound. And I'm just supposed to hit that now. And I'm six and I don't know how to swing a bat. Like that's where you've established me. You've given me barely anything with this show. And then you throw me that. I was like, uh, why? Stop asking questions. Um, and also, I, I'm I'm still on the fence about the, how they made Kanshu sort of this sympathetic character because mm-hmm. he's just been a dick for two and a half episodes, essentially. Mm-hmm. And then it was like, well, I got kicked out because I wanted to help the human race. Okay, well, you seem nice. And now you're going to, that's a nice thing. But you also like murdering people. And now it's just like, oh, he was imprisoned. I'm supposed to feel bad about that. I'm like, do I? I don't I don't know if I feel like it's earned or I don't even know how I'm supposed to yeah. feel. If anyone wants to jump in on that, go for it. I, uh, I think they kind of want him to be like Venom almost. He seems to kind of function like Venom does in the Venom movies. And I, I think they want to have that kind of back and forth and i think that's why they got like a real actor to play Kanshu, but i'm not sure it's like really coming across that way i think when it comes to the question of whether whether Kanshu is a is a dick or not it's i think it might be a little more nuanced than that and i may be giving the show too much credit but it does seem like Kanshu's guiding star his like sense of morality he's not in it for human life the way most superheroes are Kanshu's guiding star is justice he fights to make sure that there is this cosmic sort of balance and if that means cracking a few eggs that are human that means cracking a few eggs that are human so like he's not super broken up about killing that young boy but he is super broken up about the idea of Amet coming back and issuing this perverted sense of justice so I think he's He's on the side of the angels, but he's not on the side of humanity, I guess, is sort of his his whole bag, which is why I think he's a pretty interesting figure. But I also maintain sort of what I said last week, which is I don't think he can still be in the picture by the time this is all done. He's too much of a that's that's too gray a morality area for our hero. So it's yeah, kind of, kind of, oh yeah, good. Uh, no, I was going to say, I kind of got the impression in this episode that he's like the problematic one in the Egyptian god group. He's kind of like, I guess he's kind of like the Batman of the group where he kind of does things that they're not okay with all the time and they barely tolerate him. Yeah, just by his own rules. Yeah. 
Yeah. Totally all their avatars are like business people, very reserved looking people. And then here, here comes this garish person in a Moon Knight garb throwing like these weird half star things. It, it made me hope that we get to see all those people as like different Egyptian night mm-hmm. people. Yeah. Mm. yeah. That'd be okay. cool. So Khonshu is sort of like the Peter Quill message to the Nova Corps where he's, he's a, he's a dick, but he's not completely an a-hole. Mm-hmm. Yes. All right. So That's I just, I just watched that recently. I'm like, I have to get, work this in somehow. Somehow. Uh, well said. I used all these stupid words. I should have just said that. That was brilliant. Thank you. Well, <laughs> you're smart. I just rely on random quotes. That's how I get through life. Um, Al, what didn't work for you in this episode? So it, it, it still goes back to the effects. And I, I think I said that last week too, yeah. but I'm now, coming back with research because over the weekend, I actually, um, um, here's a quick plug. I read the Warren Ellis, um, uh, Declan Chevley run of Moon Knight, uh, Warren Ellis, uh, like notable scumbag, but pretty iconic uh, run um, for Moon Knight and basically introduced Mr. Knight, who is in yeah. one of the inspirations for that. Um, even though the suit was in Secret Avengers, but that's a different story, neither here nor there. Then I followed that up with reading the whole like 14 issue run of uh, Jeff Lemire and uh, Smallwood, I think is the artist on it. I, I'd have to double check on that. But uh, Jeff Lemire's run, two completely different, but also like weirdly similar, amazing runs of comics, like really, really good. And the reason I bring this up with effects is because like, again, as Cole said, this is supposed to be Marvel's Batman why is he all fucking green lantern digital it does not make sense to me yeah. the fighting just seemed so awkward and like the, mm. like you can see it in the cuts like when he jumps off the pyramid and he kicks that guy i'm like that tra- trajectory did not make any sense mm-hmm. and it was weird like i'm like what is happening like i'm watching daredevil and it's some of the fucking coolest fights i've ever seen on tv even though it was streaming but still like yeah. it's really well done and he looks like Daredevil. <laughs> Moon Knight doesn't seem like what Moon Knight, and especially like what I'm saying in the comics, and especially in the Jeff Lemire run, he's basically Mr. Knight the entire time. And it's a very, it's like a psychological, like kind of him coming to grips with all of his multiple personalities uh, or all of his personalities. And like, he's Mr. Knight the whole time. And he's just a dude. And he's just like, it's awesome. Like, of course, he has, like, powers, but, like, they still made him look normal, like, mm-hmm. fit into this world. And, like, right now, man, I'm not happy with how they're uh, – really, the only time I'm happy is when I'm seeing him as Mr. Knight. Mm-hmm. When he's Moon Knight or whatever, it just seems, like, way too much. Same. He looks very bulky to me. He does. He, yeah, he does. Like, he's wearing, like, a padded suit. This is like such a nitpick, but I said when we were watching, when they were like having that fight in what looked like a medieval times, like little horse area, he was like swinging around and his cape is so impractical for his sense. It's so dramatic when it opens and you're like, oh, the cape is a moon. But like a guy was even tugging on it and it was getting stuck under like Oscar Isaac or whoever is standing in his foot. And I'm just like, this looks so goofy. (laughs) <laughs> like your your outfit is supposed to look cool. It's not supposed to make me think like, oh, is that going to get in the way of your like swift kick? 
Yeah, it also begs the question since, um, oh, I'm sorry, but uh, it begs the question since Mr. Knight is the persona that came about from Steven's imagination. Is the Moon Knight cape and hood and all that, is that what Mark's decision of what the Avatar will look like? Because he seems like kind of more of a tactical, lower, lower, like he would want something a little cooler or a little less impractical. Yeah, Yeah. so I know the answer, so I'm not going to tell you. Okay. If if it's going with like what I saw as like his origin, then I, I don't think he had a choice. Oh, okay. that's what I was thinking. I was thinking this is the ceremonial garb, but yet somehow Stephen has subverted it to make it into a a posh guy. <laughs> you know, it's I don't I don't get why I don't know understand that choice why he's that way. I like it, I just don't get it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I wanted to add, it's so funny, Al, that you brought up Indiana Jones, because I was thinking about Indiana Jones during this episode. This this is my my nitpick number two. They're doing this whole thing where they're like, OK, well, we need to like sneak in to get the sarcophagus, but we need to get these uh, the constellation things. OK, well, we need to switch with the personalities, but no, he's going to take over the body. No, we can't do that. OK, fuck it. Like we need to move the stars. And I'm just sitting here the whole time, like, why don't they just pull in Indiana Jones and just follow Ethan Hawke? Because you know he's going to the same place. Let him do all of the busy work in the tomb, and then you slide in there. I mean, I guess you could argue they want to get to it first, but clearly they're not going to get to it first. Ethan Hawke already knows where it is, and his people are, like, digging to get to it. So I'm like, what? Why are we why are we spinning wheels here? Why are we doing all of this? And it all seems like it's really just to get Conchu into the stone. Mm-hmm. Um, which brings me to my second and a half or third kind of thing that I didn't like. That the episode ended, and I'm like, so are we not gonna see Moon Knight anymore? Because now Conchu is in stone, but it, it's a stone that looks like a cookie. That's like an aside. But it's I was really, like, oh, really he looks so delicious. So you just look delicious, like, yeah. that stone. Yeah. Um, but I'm like, we're not gonna see him anymore. And I feel like we mostly haven't seen Moon Knight. We've just been seeing like this guy. And more than once I thought, like, oh, why doesn't he put on the suit while he's fighting these goons on the rooftop? Because mm-hmm. clearly he'll have more powers to fight them. Can he only so expensive because they made it all fucking CGI? Yeah. Can they- is it that practical at all? Does he not wear it? It has to be a little practical, but what, yeah. what I'm saying is like make it all practical. We yeah. don't yeah. need yeah. it. Especially because like, a few yeah. months prior to the premiere, I forget, but there, a video came out of Oscar Isaac training and he looks awesome. Like that knife fight scene was yeah. awesome. But then they, you know, they Green Lantern him up and suddenly these fight scenes don't look awesome no more. Like unnecessarily so. Like fucking, um, you know, uh, Sam has the as a, as a jet pack that turns into wings and it looks great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yep. What are we doing here? Like just yeah. put, put, make a cape. Yeah, you, I, I don't think they like, take like two million dollars worth of CGI. I, I don't I think don't for any superhero things they make now, I don't think they ever make a cape. I think capes yeah. nowadays are like always CGI because yeah. they're like impossible to film with. So listen, it, yeah. it's probably just a limitation of the television budget. Yeah, listen, Edna Mode said it in the He's way too much cape, no like almost too much cape. No capes. Yeah, no capes, guys. No capes. It's a good Edna way to get sucked into a plane engine. Exactly. Edna Mode knows. Or sucked into like a tornado or something. Yeah, she looks up. Edna Mode also looks like my mother in law, but it's a long story. Another day. Edna Mode. (laughs) 
my even my daughter pointed it at Disney World when they ran into him. She was like, "It's Graham and Graham," and I was like, "Oh boy, that's going to go over real well." Um, it's great. Animo's amazing. I would take that as a huge compliment because that's what I agree. Anyone else? Anyone? Anything else in this episode didn't work for anyone. Um, I got a little like the the moments, like I keep saying, where they are playing with the confusion of what's going on. There was this great scene between Layla and. Um, Mark on the boat as they were going to, yeah. uh, I believe his name is rest in peace, Gaspard Yulio. Yeah. Um, but as they were going to Midnight Man's um, collection, where they're just talking about, and he's saying things like, I had this under control for a, until recently. And she's like, What happened? And very similar to what you said, Bill, they're clearly throwing these little like tidbits in the water of like he had something to do with her father's death or maybe this third personality that they also introduced this episode yeah. Oh, yeah. had something to do yeah. with it and it's like at, not, at first it was just frustrating in the first two episodes but in this episode you could tell it's grinding it to a to like a, a big halt and I'm getting sick of it like let's just tell our story at this point if we don't answer any of those questions and the rest of the three episodes is just Mark versus Harrow or Moon Knight versus Harrow I'd really much rather that because they're they're pulling too many threads and they're running out of runway. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't I don't know if I had anything in particular I disliked about this episode. I think it's more like an overall issue with the show is like we're kind of thrown into this world with like absolutely no context and like I feel like we're seeing a lot of things being explained and kind of, we're learning them as we go which is fine but it's kind of weird. I, I don't know like where these characters are like really coming from and we're just kind of learning everything through dialogue. And it's not like, it doesn't make for particularly um, interesting viewing. It also wouldn't be that big of a deal if they spent two episodes kind of asking all these questions and we piece everything together. If the show wasn't a six episode show. Yeah. I'm like, we're halfway through and I still kind of, I'm not sure. Like what's going well, I'm on? Well, like, how did Mark become Moon Knight, and like, when did these yeah. personalities kind of manifest? Yeah. And yeah, how long has he been Stephen Grant, and how is he able to like set up an existence as that person? And he only just recently learned that he has another personality. And I don't know about you guys, but if you were screaming at the screen when they're like, "Well, I didn't kill him. Well, I didn't," I'm like, "There's probably a third guy who oh, did it." I, I, you know what? I actually thought it was just Conchu just taken over for some reason i don't know why i guess it could be so i think it goes back to what um tyler was saying in like the first episode recap when we're talking about like how the show is supposed to kind of put you in the mind of steven and feel Mm -hmm. disorientating or whatever i can never say Mm -hmm. the word but uh makes you feel like jarred and like confused but at the same time with a character like this with like such a deep like mythology and then you also have to factor in that he has disassociative disassociative identity disorder and i say that either um it's a lot and it's it's like they don't want to do origins anymore like traditional like you know soup to nuts like this is how we started and blah 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 blah. but at the same time i think with a character like this it it might warrant it i don't know it just doesn't seem like the way that they're telling the story is necessarily the best way because they're they're throwing you in the middle of this person's life who's already been Moon Knight for a long period of time. Yeah. And you're not only not even introduced to him, you're introduced to one of his other personalities who doesn't know anything about being Moon Knight. So how long has he been Moon Knight? 
how long has this um yeah. is has Stephen Grant existed? How, and so and how did questions. Arrow get There's out? Questions and anything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not, so like not a, it's not like there's not a template for like this kind of storytelling too. You watch no. something like Daredevil and that is a 13 episode origin story that tells that like introduces Matt Murdock, his Daredevil persona. It also is an origin story for the Kingpin and mm-hmm. it finds a way to still be coherent, captivating, action packed. Um, and it doesn't leave the audience in the dark for any longer than it has to. So it is, it, it, you know, they're they're blazing new ground with Moon Knight in terms of Disney Plus, but not in terms of the lengthy superhero origin story, the lengthy episodic superhero origin story. Yeah. Because it's not billed as it. It doesn't feel like it. Because we are, it's we not- are now three episodes in and we have not had the scene showing when he becomes Moon Knight. Yeah. 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 And he's not only like it's not like Moon Knight year one. This is yeah. where we're seeing him could be just century. starting out as Moon Knight, right? Like Daredevil, as Tyler just said, like I'm re-watching it right now. I'm on season two already because it's such a good show and you can just binge the absolute fuck out of it. But mm-hmm. he is Daredevil from the moment like you start. He just isn't they don't they didn't name him yet. But it's not like he's like learning to be Daredevil. He just gets a costume later. And then spots you'll learn about like how he can fight when he is blind and whatever. Like how he became blind. All that kind of nonsense. Yeah, they open with that, I'll say. They at least open with how Matt Murdock became blind. Exactly. But he's like and Kingpin's already like an evil dude. It's not like he's a good guy turned bad and now he becomes Kingpin. Like it's it's also kind of not a traditional origin story, and that's, I think, why it works so well. This is just odd. It feels feels like there's so much. There's it's too much. It's because, Al, you don't need an origin story for someone like Kingpin. You're like, okay, he's a bad dude living in the meatpacking yeah. district. He wants money. I get it. Like, you don't need that. For something like Moon Knight, I'm like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. I'm like, what? Why is this British accent so weird? Oh, wait, he's putting it on because it's not real. Okay, or is he real? Is he the original identity? Another thing, Ethan Hawke, literally, what? who is that man? Who is he? What's that's, he doing? That's why it's so crazy, because you literally are getting introduced to a new character who is a superhero, who doesn't kind of want to be, who has maybe two to three plus different personalities that you also have to get introduced to. You're not even seeing him become Moon Knight. He is already Moon Knight. And then all on top of that, you have Ethan Hawke. Yeah. And it, and it like, like mythology seeing, with Conchu. It feels like we're seeing the the first episode was like the third episode of the show or something. I don't know. It's it's just an oddly paced show. But I liked that in the beginning. I liked the idea that we were joining yeah. the story already in progress, but now we're halfway through our season. And, you know, I, I, I hesitate to be like, you know, it's this is officially bad or there's officially a pacing problem with the show. Uh, because I look at a series like Umbrella Academy, where if you were to just watch the first three episodes or even the first half of the series, you know what I mean? They still haven't explained why there's a fucking talking buck, butler monkey. But those <laughs> questions will be answered. Be patient. Um, so I'm willing to give Moon Knight and Marvel the, the benefit of the doubt in that regard. But halfway through our six episode arc, I'm kind of like, I could I could use more questions than uh, mm-hmm. or answers than questions rather. Yeah, so let's, I, let's, I, let's, I, let's I know we're on this a lot. I'm sorry. Real quick, because you're know, talking about Umbrella Academy and I love Umbrella Academy, but it literally will go like you're you're 
left in the in the dark for a reason, right? Like you are introduced to this family who was a superhero family, like literally like the Fantastic Four kind of, but they were kids. And now they're all adults and they hate they hate their dad who who did this to them. And you're going to periodically go back in time and you're going to see why did it end up this way? You get answers. We are now three episodes in. We have way more questions than answers. It's it's WandaVision, but not a like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see what's next. It's like, I'm frustrated. Yes, that's that's the annoying thing. Let's talk about the frustrations in our next segment, which is, of course, always our conspiracies and thoughts, which is Stephen, trust me. So let's talk about like we are all very we enjoy the show, but it's got some cool bones to it, but it is very frustrating. Do you guys see? Well, okay, you know what? I, I'm not going to ask. I'll just say what I think my theory is that when he hits the sand and Khonshu is gone, I feel like we're going to get the flashback here where he is facing the sand and he is now, we are now going to see the origin of how Mark got into this. I don't know about Steven yet, but I think we're going to get the Mark storyline. Part of me also thinks the third voice somehow and I'm probably wrong is somehow a re- uh, like a residual or somehow Harrow is involved in this because what did he do? He killed off the guys who would give him the answers and Harrow was Moon Knight. So maybe there's still somehow a connection there. He has to remember in the beginning, he's like, he takes something or no, was he just drinking something? And then he crushes the glass. I wonder if that's not water that's something else that's keeping him from being connected back to Moon Knight. There has to be a divorce from Moon Knight and Harrow. And I'm wondering if there's still somehow a psychic connection and he's invading this in order to be like, well, I'm just going to kill those guys off. And okay. It also blows the theory of why wouldn't he just kill him? Why wouldn't he just kill off Moon Knight? Because if he's just like, and maybe he can't because then he ends up hurting himself. Who knows? But I think somehow Harrow, st- we still need to see that. And we will see that. I think there's a big thing. We're going to get a big reveal in the th- fourth episode of what's happened because he is face down in the sand. And that's where we're going to get a lot of stuff here. Um, I also, uh, so that's my big one. Uh, so Al, any big thoughts, theories, conspiracies that you have? I, I, I don't want to say what I think will happen because I've just read some books and I think it might be too close and spoilery potentially like who the third person could be. Um, I haven't a theory based on the comics, but what you said about like the connection, I think what we will get in this next episode, totally agree. This is the origin. This is how he becomes Moon Knight. However, I want to know if in the exact same episode we are going to see like, cause they're not like, I don't know if they, they haven't said Ethan Hawke's age, but he's not like, he ain't young. He's, not, he's not 200 years old or something. Like he's lived forever. I don't know. We've never, we never dived into it, but I want to know if in that same origin, we also see their split, like ha- Harrow and Conchu's split. Mm-hmm. That would be interesting to me. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the Moon Knight stuff, I think just tinfoil hat is there is definitely a third personality. It is not 
It's not Harrow. It's it's such a good it's, theory, He's though. got disassociative <laughs> identity disorder. It's not. He's not playing both people. It's not fucking like uh, the Fight Club. It would make mm-hmm. no sense. So, no. so it is another person. Um, but they've already they've already tweaked so much based on like like Mister Knight like is not Stephen Grant in the comics. Mister Knight is like its own kind of. He's not Stephen Grant when he takes off the Mister Knight costume. Um, I think he's still Mark. And it's just a different like personality of him. Like Mark kind of split. It's weird. I don't know. But anyway, that's my tenor foil. Tyler. Um, I came prepared this week. I, I, I had a lot of thoughts nice. about this one. Nice. Uh, first, to build, to build off what you're saying, I think what we're learning, they, they took a lot of pains in this episode to make sure you heard the glass in Ethan Hawke's shoes every time he walked. Um, in episode two as well, there's a moment where he kicks a soccer ball. And if you listen close, you can also hear the glass. I'm wondering if being in constant pain, being in constant agony is a way to shut Khonshu out from using him as his avatar. Um, that's my what my theory for what we're going to learn next or what we're going to learn in terms of how he divorced himself from him and also a way to give Mark, uh, you know what I mean? If there is this murderous, villainous persona within Mark, and the way to keep Khonshu from using him as an avatar is to just be in constant agony. I think the audience, they can find a way to make this murderer be in constant agony. And then Mark or Steven are the ones who are in control. And that's their way of banishing Khonshu, keeping the Moon Knight like suit and all of that and letting that be its thing. Um, in terms of tinfoil hat, this is like way, way out there. A lot of fun, but let's all just bear with me for a second. This episode ended with every astronaut in Earth's orbit dying. (laughs) There's a lot of people, you know, wondering like, oh, did Moon Knight turn back time and all of that? No, he just moved the cosmos, which you can't be doing that. There's a lot of... (laughs) (laughs) He just killed all the astronauts. They're all dead. But... I think I mean, it makes sense. we're either going to gloss over that or we're going to tackle that directly. And if they are going to tackle that directly, here's the tinfoil hat moment. What if we get some kind of post series end credits moment where it's some kind of astronauts on a radio, they're calling back to earth and they're saying things like, Oh, you know, like the experiments going well, let's increase the radiation. Oh my God, what's happening. And then you start hearing things like, uh, Johnny, Sue, get down. Ben, get out of there. And that's how we get our MCU fantastic. Oh, my God. That I, would, that I, is... would, I would throw up. That'd be, that'd be cool. That'd I be would, so would weird to have Moon Knight have something to do with the origin of the Fantastic Four. But well, I would be into it. To be fair, they had an after credit with the Turtles that had Black Knight having to do something with Blade. Yeah. <laughs> It was so fucking stupid. I was like, you know, first of all, I think I've said this already on the podcast, but me being a total racist and not knowing the difference between black men's voices, I swear to Uh, you, I thought it was Jeffrey Wright as the watcher. 
And then I, I Google and it's like, oh, it's it's Mahershala. That would make slightly more like, sense. Al, I'm, I'm gonna like, I'm gonna advocate for you that I don't think that was uh, a racist thing. I think that was a logical thing. It oh, makes I'm sense. Aware. It would have yeah. been Jeffrey Wright, but instead yeah. I was well, like, is well, that Mahershala? Is this Blade? What? what is that? Well, that's interesting. Could we get? I mean, I don't know how they would. I mean, just basing off the CGI we've seen, could the Watcher somehow be involved? Because now he's messing with. You know, he's already been introduced. There's multiverses. Now he's messing with stuff. Again, you don't want to live on Earth because you have gods. You have super powered people. You have aliens. And then whatever the fuck the Watcher is. Like, there's, and I haven't even named everything. That's a lot to deal with. I wouldn't want to wake up in the morning. I'd be like, fuck, I'm, there's, I'm definitely dying. Like it's when, the, when the heavens started to move, they did like a shot where they showed like the cab driver, a guy with his son, and everyone's just watching the heavens turn, yeah. being like, "Oh, it's so pretty!" And it's like, "Are we gonna die?" Ah, we might. It's 50 There should have been like one like fifty-five-year-old man in like New York City going again. No, literally, I think I think that's what you said. I, that was like in the first episode. Someone should have been Larry David. Just be like, yeah. yeah. They, they were having a big fight. They were having a big fight, and some woman's like, "What's going on?" And you were like, "You live in the Marvel universe. There's like fucking superheroes oh, everywhere. Like, why your are you loved ones on? disappeared for years? Disappear in front of you. Yeah, yeah. You, you saw people disappear, in or front you of were you. one of them. Yeah, yeah. So this is like just another day at the fucking office, guys. Yeah, yeah but I, I would. I still think, uh, Cat and Cole, any sort of theories or about the next episode or what could happen by series end, season series season or series end? I I don't know because honestly I'm not too familiar with the character and I don't really know where anything is really coming from, so I can't really figure out where anything's going. I'm just kind of going along with it. Um, I do. I'm kind of aware that. They want to have Moon Knight be sort of a part of these kind of darker, edgier Marvel characters. I think some in like the horror genre. So I think we might see him interact with Blade, maybe in this show or maybe in something else. I'm I'm almost certain. Uh, I know they're doing a Werewolf by Night uh, Halloween special. special, and I do know Moon Knight. He's introduced in Werewolf by Night in the comic books. 30 that's how he that's how he's brought in he's hired by a bunch of random people to bring in the werewolf by night so maybe we'll see him there um i don't know i, I really don't i'm just kind of taking it as it comes they need to make covers like that again though like like werewolf by night was a 32 like his first appearance and like wolverine's first appearance of like them being on the cover fighting the guy and it's like mm-hmm. who is this motherfucker like yeah they do that anymore in comics you literally yeah. like they never like like straight up just straight up tell you on the cover of like here's a new person never yeah do that. yeah that, yeah that'd be fun they should yeah. got any theories about the next episode where the series is going to take us Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very impressed with everyone's theories. Bill, I love your idea that we're now going to get a flashback because uh, we have gone three full episodes, not a single flashback, which is very odd. Like, it's just odd storytelling, particularly for a character we literally don't know anything about and we've never heard from in this universe. Um, uh, my theory, I don't know if it's a theory, I feel like it's subtext and obvious that there are other personalities who may or may not have been involved in this plot that's happening. 
Um, again, I don't know if this is a theory, but I kind of uh, recognized he was coming from a bad place, but thought that there could be truth in what Ethan Hawke was saying about Conchu took advantage of this person who had a broken mind. I'm like, that's probably true. That could be true. Um, and maybe that will then involve like Mark and Steven somehow overthrowing Conchu, but taking control of Moon Knight-ish. Like, I, I don't really know. I don't really know more about that. Um, and this is not a developed theory at all. It's more of just me stepping back and thinking about how does Marvel function? And Marvel functions by always introducing a, another character or somebody we already know. We don't know Moon Knight at all. So I feel like by the end of the show, they're introduced a character we've seen before. It's got to be someone everybody loves. Somebody who we haven't seen in a hot minute, but somebody who has a movie coming up soon. Don't know how, don't know why, but I think Ant-Man will make an appearance. Mm. I don't know anything about quantum mania, but I'm guessing it has something to do with different quantum realms and levels and there's different personalities here it doesn't really make sense for those characters to know each other at all but i feel like it's gonna happen because he's due for a movie so and people love paul rudd so let's get him in there whether it makes sense or not i actually i have a a separate theory about that which is in this episode the overvoid was mentioned as like the place of decadence that the gods go to and all of that uh, and so i'm wondering if speaking of like being introduced to someone we haven't seen in a hot minute who has a movie coming up inexplicably we haven't seen a trailer for that movie who can get by the velvet rope at a place that's reserved only for gods korg oh. <laughs> hey man hey need a rod let's go <laughs> that's good bill I try. Uh, yeah, this is joke. Guys, the impressions are on point tonight. Yeah, I'm not even. Drinking. We don't do anything else. We yeah. just make <laughs> shitty impressions when we talk. Uh, but yeah, it's yeah, Thor. I mean, you know, man, there's just so much. Like, it has like the thing with this series to me is just like there's so much potential here. Yeah, and these next three episodes are like critical because it's either gonna. I don't think it's gonna be bad. It's either going to be meh or it's going to be like, whoa, that was incredible. I think it's either one or the other. Either it's like, "Eh, all right, that was disappointing. But it's fine. Or it's going to be like a home run. I think I don't think you're going to find a middle ground with a show because of just what they've set up. Uh, Real quick, um, our favorite performance in the episode. uh, It's the sum in the suit. Um, It's for me. It's hard not to say. It's hard not to say Oscar Isaac. Does anyone have anyone besides Oscar Isaac as their favorite performance in the episode? I, I, it's not my favorite performance, but I think we have to give a shout out to the the dude who passed away. Um, uh, Hannibal. Yeah. Young Hannibal. Young Gaspar Hannibal. Gaspar um, Uliel. Yes, I was literally trying to find his name. I feel bad. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, very tragic sudden passing and um yeah you know seemed like he had a, a, a nice career um going for him and uh look future looked bright for those who don't know he he passed away due to a skiing accident so yeah um yeah he was good i yeah i was really intrigued by his performance i'm like oh that's mm-hmm. this this guy is something and like every third episode has the exact same thing of like we need to go to the guy or girl mm. who knows all the shit or has the thing 
Because <laughs> that happened with Falcon and the Winter Soldier, too. But, yeah. again. It's it's definitely he, an interesting he, character. He was solid in it. it. It's an interesting character because it's like, this bro is, like, fucking ripped, living in Cairo, it seems to be near, like, extravagant nightclubs, and has, again, like, a medieval times just, like, like they they look like they were jousting. I was like, what's this going on? And he comes out in like this like lush robe. I was like, what's this guy's deal? You know, like, who, you, know so who, you know what you remind me of? It was just like young, he was like young Tony Dalton from uh from uh what's from Hawkeye. I was just like, oh, that could be like yeah. his young younger brother. Like they had like the same air yeah. about them. <laughs> And he uh, wasn't he wasn't like a fool. I remember that whole scene too where Oscar uh, Oscar Isaac's arguing with himself inside his like antiquities room right in front of this casket and he's doing he's like folding it and touching it and i'm just sitting there thinking like this is stupid he's gonna get caught and then sure enough yeah he 100 percent gets caught in a big awesome fight scene ensues. but who also has their antiquities in like a, a globe like that outside wouldn't you it also seemed open like if it rained i don't know if it rains in cairo probably doesn't rain a lot in cairo but like any Desert. sort of weather i feel like just goes right through it there was no door i did love very it. odd those neon boats were awesome. I would travel in one of yes. those. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So Oscar Isaac all around. Uh, let's get to the final segment, which of course is we're going to, uh, the scales will judge, which is our rating on one to 10 scarabs on how you would rate this episode. Kat and Cole, I'm going to pitch it to you first since you are our special guest this week. Uh, Cole, what would you rate this episode? One to 10 scarabs. Uh, I guess like a seven. It was like, it was like pretty good. This is fine. Um, it didn't like blow me away or anything like that. I just, yeah, but that's what I probably get the series overall so far. It's, it's like a very solid, so like a high seven, a C plus. So I think that's been like a seven and eight. That's like the range we've had for the, for the yeah. so far. Cat, uh, one to 10. Um, my instinct was to say uh, seven and a half. So like one scarab just has like one wing. Just, um, you know, fluttering around like. Oh. Yeah. yeah, he's a little gimpy, but it's okay. Um, yeah, I think every episode I'm definitely engaged in what's going on. Something really frustrating that can happen with movies or TV shows that are purposely disorienting is that you're like, I don't know what's happening. I'm checking out. I don't feel that in Moon Knight. I actually feel very engaged in what's happening. Um, I think Oscar Isaac's performance is really, really good. Um, It makes me really interested to see what's going to happen next because I feel like the show could go like 30 different directions really at this point. And I, I agree with what you're saying, Bill. Like, I think it's either going to be like mind blowing or, oh, okay, that's that's interesting. I would be really shocked if it continued to be a little frustrating because I feel like we really are at a point where there has to be less questions and more answers. Absolutely. Um, and the last thing I want to say, I didn't get a chance to say this at all, but I just like kind of want to give a shout out to Ethan Hawke's performance, which is. He is so magically teetering this very, very thin line between intimidating and goofy. And like, I see him and I'm just like, oh God, look at this goofy guy. But then he does something very scary. And I'm like, oh, he's kind of scary. Like his performance is just so, so interesting to me. And I feel like he and Oscar Isaac are kind of like two different apexes in this show, balancing each other out in a weird way. So yeah. Seven and a half scarabs. 
For me, I'm going to go seven and a half as well. Uh, some things in this episode that I really wanted to point out, in the series I want to point out, one, I love the music in this, like especially the end credit stuff. It's incredible. Apparently the director's wife was, was responsible for picking a lot of all those songs. Um, I, I really enjoyed it a lot. I, I love the world building that we're getting into. We're, we're in the desert now. Now we're really getting into the thick of it. And I'm like I said, I said before, I'm really into this, and I think there's so much potential for this show. And I think and I'm really hoping they realize it. The action, uh, despite the CGI, I thought was really fun. Uh, I am enjoying Layla, the um, the Layla Mark dynamic, and the Layla, but more importantly, I'm enjoying the Layla Steven stuff even more because that's a really interesting stuff. How she's really gravitating towards him, and like I'm really wondering how that's going to play out because that's extremely interesting. Although. But it, it's not as high because just the frustrations, just too many questions, not enough answers. Um, Al, um, real quick, um, scale of one to ten. Seven. Yeah, seven. I said eight, but seven. Um, yeah, I'm good. I think I think Hops was so anxious that he came downstairs, which is not good because it's spiral well, rain. Stairs. Rain will do that to dogs. So he, yes. my dog was. So I'm, gonna go I'm gonna check on him like right now, but. Yeah. Seven. One question I have, and this is like more about the bad, is why is Marvel not sticking to like one director? Because like WandaVision, Matt Shackman, like that was really, really cool. And now he's going to be directing the new Star Trek, which is even like awesome. Oh, nice. Great. Um, like, I don't understand why they're not doing that. Like, so, I love the idea of like a showrunner and a Muhammad, writer's room. But yeah. Then give me one director. So apparently Mohamed Diab is directing most of the episodes, but he was also like the supervising director, they said. That's mm-hmm. how they labeled it. So I don't know why they went with multiple directors. I like the idea of they one did it director. In Star Wars. What? They did it with Star Wars with the with the shows with the Mandalorian. No, no, no. That's a, that's different. They yeah. brought in people we know. Yeah. Like true. a lot of the directors were like, "Oh shit, that's yeah, bring them in." Like, "Give me a Robert Rodriguez directed Mandalorian episode where you reintroduce Boba Fett. Like, yes, I'm in. I don't know who these people are. Should I? They I don't know who they are. No, like, that's what I'm saying. Like, no, Matt Jackman left an impression on me. And I'm like, I want to see more of what he does because he got eight episodes or whatever to tell a story. These guys are doing like, you know, what they do on the flash of like, I'm coming in for one episode, I'm out of this bitch. Like, I don't like that. Like, do do one or the other. Give me one director, do the whole thing. I want to see their vision. Or bring in like the best directors you can, because like why wouldn't they want to do a Disney Plus series on Moon Knight? Like give like what's the um I don't know off the top of my head um uh, Gareth Edwards or whatever like the guy who did the raid. I want to see him do one episode. That'd be fucking awesome. Not gonna happen, but like that's what I want to see. Let me go check out my dog. Um, <laughs> uh, Tyler, close this um, out. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with you guys, I think, and give it seven and a half. It was not as good as the premiere, definitely better than episode two. Um, like I've been saying, it's been frustrating so far. Um, but this episode was the first where we spent all this time building a world and now we get to play within it. And that's really what I want to see from these shows. Um, you know, we we know what we need to know, and we know enough about Harrow and Amit to make them our bad guys. Um, I would still like to know exactly what's going to happen when Amit's resurrected, but 
we know that it's the thing we need to stop and everything we do is in service of that. We're telling our story. Finally, we're not playing catch up with our story. Um, that said, you know, like, like, like Kat mentioned, we're running out of room to really do anything particularly mind blowing so far. The series is like, it's like we're lingering in that moment at a fireworks show where you see one go up, but it hasn't gone off yet. And, uh, like Bill was saying as well, it's either going to be awesome or it's going to be, eh, and waiting in this limbo, um, Marvel's definitely earned the benefit of the doubt, but right now we're sitting at about a seven and a half Marvel. All right, guys, we've, 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 the sands, uh, sands of time have, I don't know, some thing about sand. That's the episode for this week. So let's listen, dude, I, I have a good closer. Don't worry. That's the episode for this week. So let's plug everyone's social media. So Kat and Cole, I know this will be short and sweet. So tell us where people could find you on social media or the web. If you want to be found at all. Um, I'm on Instagram at cat goes to shows. I'm also on Letterboxd at cat underscore wild, and that's cat with a K and wild with an E at the end. Um, you can see me review movies and limited series. Well, I don't know if Moon Knight's on there. Probably. Yeah, it is. Oh, good. Okay. So at the end of this, you'll see all my thoughts on Moon Knight. Um, what about you, Cole? You can find me on Letterboxd. It's just my name. It's Cole. And then Rothacker. You just type in Cole, mm -hmm. R-O-T-H. You should find me. I won't spell my whole stupid name for you uh, it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful name I, I i i cherish it and treasure it very much so um tyler tell us all about what you're doing over at usa insider yes um so i can be found on twitter at tyler mccarthy um doing a lot of fun stuff at usa insider learning a lot about the wwe that's getting exciting um ask me anything about roman reigns i could probably get like a 70 on a quiz um and yeah, and uh, one other thing for this episode, just because this show deals a lot with uh, disassociative identity disorder, and I've been getting down these rabbit holes with it every week, I figured I would just plug, um, you know, the Plural Association. They do a lot of work with people who actually suffer from this condition. Uh, and as always, look into your local mental health resources. They're, they're there for you, so they could use your support as well. Awesome. Alfred, tell people where they I can find Oh. I wish we ended on that one. That's that was way better. <laughs> I didn't mean to high road you. Yeah, no, that was gonna be a shameless plug. Um, oh, uh, you can find me that. at you can find me at Al Manorino on Instagram, where you can see my photos, which I I don't think I even posted yet, but I will now. Of uh, Wolf Wolf Alice at the Stone Pony, which is now live on the Bobbreak.com, and then on Twitter, same thing at Al Manorino. I think I just uh, described what a five guys burger looks like so you're not really missing a lot it's a lot of spongebob brooklyn 99 and uh, moneyball stuff oh, a lot of moneyball retweets from mr moneyball memes fan fan and friend of the podcast and a daredevil we have one more thing to plug that i that i forgot yeah Go. that's me and then we'll close with bill we want to plug young justice the col the show that yeah. Cole worked on for over a year there how many episodes are left um like less than 10 Less than 10 and a lot happened. We were just with the Atlantis people. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the first time we've done the show since the show's actually started airing this year. HBO Max. Yeah. It's on HBO Max. And yeah, the a new episode's out tonight. We start the New Gods arc, which is great. Oh, that's cool. Is Mr. Miracle cool. going to be in it? Is who? Is Mr. Miracle going to be in it? Uh, Without spoiling it, tell me later. 
You know, I'll tell you later. Blink, yeah. blink, um, blink twice on this audio podcast. <laughs> well, then we're going to react to it. All right, just take us home, Bill. Okay. Uh, uh, if you must follow me on Twitter, I am at BodkinWrites, W-R-I-T-E-S. But most importantly, check out thepopbreak.com every single day. If you want to know what I'm writing, I write the Moon Knight reviews every week. I recently wrote about WrestleMania uh, 38 because that's what I do. And uh, But thepopbreak.com, every single day, we're talking about TV, movies, music. T- music, we're back. We're back, Cat. We're back with music, uh, comic books, anime, all sorts of stuff. we got a feature coming up about uh, IMDb TV being rebranded to free TV or whatever it's called. It's the worst. Um, yeah, it's bad. Uh, but check all that out. Follow us on Twitter at The Pop Break. Uh, follow us on Instagram at The Pop Break. Also, uh, check out all the podcasts on our platform. We have Pop Break TV. We have uh, The Breakcast. We have, of course, Socially Distanced. And the winner still is. Uh, our retro Oscar podcast and the way to early Oscar podcast. You can find all of those hubs on Google anchor, Spotify and uh, Apple podcasts. So we now are face down in the sand, wondering what's going to happen to moon Knight next week. So we'll be back for the fourth installment of our moon nighting mini series.